1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. On this episode of the Test Studio Talk podcast, we're doing some yearly awards. You know, it's wrap up season, it's June. Uh, the 2022 2023 academic year is officially over. It's been over for a couple of weeks, but we've been, you know, kind of recapping uh, some of the the recent news. Uh, on recent episodes, but we thought it would be a good time to kind of wrap up the year and everything that happened in Maryland athletics. Uh, As always, I'm Emmett Siegel. I'm here with Andrew Chodis. Andrew, another episode. I know uh, we're excited for this one. kind of get to to wrap up the year a little bit.
0: Yeah, this should be a fun one. We really haven't had much time to kind of express our our thoughts and opinions on the year. We kind of just recap news. So looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But first, before we get into the episode, we have a quick word from uh, today's presenting sponsor. Today's episode of the Testudo Talk podcast is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code Believe B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember, that's promo code Believe B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so we're gonna jump right into the awards. Uh, our first award that we're gonna give out. Uh, we're going to be doing seven awards we have written down here um, on a variety of topics, just kind of recapping the last year of Maryland athletics. All sports are fair game. That's the criteria we had. It's all personal preference as well. Um, so the first award we're going to get out is newcomer of the year. Pretty broad um, term, but uh, we're, you know, as I said, including every sport, it's going to be someone we're going to, I think we're limiting it to players um, that, you know, had their first year in a Maryland uniform. Uh, this past year, this once again, just to clarify, includes fall, winter or spring sports. So I can start with mine and then, Andrew, you can, you know, kind of take it away and tell me if you agree. Uh, I'm going to go with Braden Irksa of men's lacrosse. Uh, he was the Big Ten freshman of the year. He kind of carried a team that was losing a lot of players from the year before. And I think that he was pretty pivotal excuse me, pivotal to their success uh, in this, this past season. So I don't know if you agree, but I'm going with Braden Ursa from the men's
0: lacrosse team. He was my number two on my honorable mention, but I think you have to go with Jameer Young here. I don't really think there's much other option. Guy comes in, leads Maryland, you know, the home, the hometown kid leads them to an NCAA tournament appearance, all big 10 selection, best player on the team. I don't really see how you can not, not choose Jameer Young in this situation. I, I think
1: Jameer Young's impact on like Maryland athletics as a whole is probably bigger just because like, you know, he's a men's basketball player. So he's like in the spotlight. I was just kind of going on like comparative to their own sport. And um, I but yeah, had, no, I totally agree with you. By the way, like Jameer is a great pick. He was no. well,
0: while I, I get like, that, if you're like pure just on the field production, I get that Urquiza kind of comes in as a freshman. You know, the Terps lose, I think, what was it, six of their starters from the championship team, and he, you know, takes them to leads them in goals and points and whatever. But Jameer Young, he 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 brought the flair back to Maryland basketball, right? And I think just his impact, what he meant, is just so meaningful to the program as a whole. And then excited to see what he could do next year.
1: Absolutely, and I think every Maryland fan kind of rejoices when he's coming back. Um... I think there's no doubt that he'll be he'll be in the running for player of the year next year. I think he was in the running for player this the year this year, and we'll, you know we'll get to that in a second. Uh, some other names I wrote down. I wrote down Corey Edmondson, another lacrosse player from the women's team. A uh, couple football players: Roman Hemby, Jay Sean Barham. There, I mean, Roman Hemby was like on the team um, in 2021, um, but you know he really he was like a redshirt freshman, so I was including him there, but uh, I have him as an honorable mention um I had Abby Myers from the women's basketball team she had a great year she's a local person she just got signed by the by the Washington Mystics which is pretty cool to see her get signed by her local team I also had Chad Ryland just to throw him in there he was <laughs> a great addition for the football team I don't know if you had anyone else that we we haven't mentioned yet
0: no uh, Abby Myers was was in my conversation as well so
1: perfect uh the next award that we should give out these very prestigious I, I don't know if we, we need like a name for them like you know testudo talk awards that's kind of a a lame name but maybe we can we can draft something up for later um off the field moment top off the field moment now i think we both maybe went a little bit of a different direction with this Uh, i'll let you start though
0: well well the thing i think you kind of steered me away because i think i was kind of more discussing more stuff that happened off the field, but kind of related to on the field. So I'm going to pivot in, in the direction that you uh, put me towards. And I'm going to say when Maryland uh, brought back, you know, the the announcement of the script uh, Terps uniforms coming back, I think that was kind of a moment that all fans kind of rejoiced in and didn't have anything to do with anything that was really happening on the field at the time, but brings back a lot of memories for a lot of fans. And I think it's something that made a lot of people really happy.
1: I think my pick uh, it's in the same sport, it it technically happened on the field, but I'm counting it as an off the field moment when they dumped the mayonnaise on Mike Loxley after well, the mayo the
0: going. You had the scoop of that. <laughs> the scoop. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? When when uh when when you tweeted out of how uh, you know what Loxley said that if if they win the game he'll uh he pour du- mayo on his head and it went viral over Twitter.
1: Yeah, I mean if he if he if he didn't agree to that, I would have taken it up with with him myself. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's tradition. I also had some uh, some other things. Like the court storming of the Purdue game, once again, like the definition of an on-court yeah. moment, yeah. but like not game, not like directly tied to the game. Um, I thought, and like just kind of like the crowds for the men's basketball games this whole season could kind of, I think, be in that conversation. Like seeing that juice back at Xfinity Center, like kind of felt felt like Maryland basketball was like like back more than like it has been in recent years. Like the energy was there. Kevin Willers bringing the energy. Um, the crowds all year were great and that was kind of like the the moment that stands out like the defining moment of what I think was a really successful year uh, for the men's basketball team I don't know if you had any other ones that you wanted to name I, I have a couple that are like more like loosely related
0: yeah no I mean I, I guess one I, what I can add which is kind of just on, on a different note because it kind of relates to on the field the, the gymnastics story from earlier in the season when Tasha Brzezowski and she lost her father right before the NCAA regionals and still went out uh, to compete and put up a 9.85, a tremendous score. That was, an, that was a moment that really kind of uh, touched the hearts of all of all the fans. That was a great moment to follow.
1: Yeah. I think that was probably one of the more touching moments that we saw um, all year, probably the most touching moment, honestly, that we saw. That was, that was, that was a pretty cool moment, obviously very emotional uh, to follow along with that. Um, I don't really know how to transition from that, but the other two that I had written down for this moment, I had uh just, I just put Stefan Diggs, period. Just like what he means for Maryland football and the season he had, I thought was was it was a big moment. Um, and then this is like really lose. This is like I'm really pushing the boundaries here. But when Francis Tiafo made the semifinals of the U.S. <laughs> Open, no, and then, he, um, he, no,
0: he, he showed at College Park a bunch of times. at his training grounds. I don't I don't think that's that's pushing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess he's in the turf family. I thought it was really funny. I forget what what basketball game it was, but like he got eliminated from I think it was the Australian Open. That's like, obviously like a 16 yeah. hours away, like by plane. And like the next day he was sitting courtside at a basketball game with Loxley. Yeah, him and Loxley I was like, I mean, there, there, there are a few people like as dedicated to Maryland athletics and Francis Tiafo. I thought that was pretty cool when he, when he had that run and college park was like kind of rallying behind him. It felt, it was a pretty cool experience. Like tennis is normally that sport where like, you don't really have like that team vibe, but it was, I thought that was that, that run was pretty cool. I agree. Um, You want to jump to
0: on field moment? Ooh, there's so many. Um, can I give you a few? Yeah, of course. Uh, I think I'll start on the basketball court. I'll go with the Purdue Court Storm that whole, that whole night. Um, just winning that game, that that whole second half. Um, that was, you know, that was a tremendous atmosphere to be a part of, and just a huge win against a top five opponent. Um, their first in a few we in a few years bringing the buzz back to Xfinity. Um, stay on the court. Go to the women's side. Um, when they defeated UConn for the first time in, in in program history, that was a another electric night and just a huge because that was they were kind of going through a rough a rough spell the team at that time, and to get that win kind of turned their season around and led to a really remarkable season where they made the Elite Eight. So I think those two basketball games were probably for me uh, two of the best on field uh, on field moments.
1: I think I went a bit more like micro with this one. Okay. I kind of narrowed it down to specific plays. Um, hmm. I had three written down. I think the one I'm going to give the nod to is Nick LaRusso's walk-off home run in the Big Ten tournament. That was that was, that was that was that was an amazing moment and kind of the interesting stories that at the time um, <laughs> I was I was abroad I was in Europe at the time so I was seven I think seven hours ahead from where I was from Omaha where the Big Ten tournament was being played and like I woke up I had an early train that day and I woke up at like 6 a.m and this and I woke up to like a bunch of texts from like you and like all the other people um you know following the baseball game just like oh my god this is a crazy game and I watched the Nick Russo home run like as like the sun was coming up from <laughs> Italy so and 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 I also want to point out for anyone that doubts my my Terps baseball fandom that I was following the Big Ten tournament the championship game I listened to them in Paris, I listened to them win the win the Big Ten tournament. So and, nobody and can gonna, ever discredit my Terps baseball. No, thing. And
0: and I'm gonna help him. I'm also gonna plug some of our fellow student media members as we love to do here. I I gotta get a text from at seven in the morning Paris from Emmett. I can't load anything, but the only text I can get is on the Maryland baseball network. This kid is in Paris and he's listening to the Maryland baseball game while on vacation. That is dedication right there.
1: Absolutely. I was I was I was locked in. How could you not be locked in? That was an amazing <laughs> game, an amazing moment. I think I was the only person probably within like six hours that was paying attention to that game, but I enjoyed that one. I also had two other, uh, on field moments. I wanted to shout out, um, Brian Ruppel saves uh, against Virginia. That is another one. I was out of town. I was in the hotel room in Birmingham for the NCAA tournament I was watching on my computer. I was just going, Oh my God. Like I was just like going crazy. Oh, Ben Dixon can attest to that one. If you ever (laughs) ask him, um, Yeah, he made three incredible saves in in overtime uh, against the number one team in the country. Freshman goalie, that was unbelievable. Um, And then the other one I had, Stefan Capetti uh, heading in a goal to win the Big Ten Championship. That was a a great moment. Anytime you have in soccer, anytime you have all the substitutes running on the field for the celebration, like I'm in, that's a great moment. Um, That's all I had. Um, If you have anything else, we can probably jump to player of the year if you want to take that one off.
0: No, no, it's no, you're making these good points with talking about, because like, I. it feels like the soccer season, the fall season was so long ago, so you're bringing back these awesome memories that I had, that I remember watching these games from.
1: Yeah, soccer season will be here soon enough, it starts it in August, it's exciting, I know, we just watched, you know, the US team yes. win the uh, Nations League, they'll be playing in the Gold Cup, two former Terps on Canada's team, yes. um, that'll of, be exciting to watch. A lot,
0: of, a lot of soccer coming up, the Women's World Cup I think is on in a few weeks, so.
1: Yeah, the um, we're recording this on Wednesday, and the the roster for that just got released. Exciting time, um, for soccer fans, and you. you know, season was will be here sooner than we can, sooner than we can anticipate. Yeah, if you if you want to kick away uh, the player of the year, that's that's gonna be our next category.
0: Yeah, for player of the year, I think I'm gonna do probably one player from each season. So the uh, spring season, the winter season, the fall season. Um, for the spring season, I, I think you have to go. The baseball diamond look at Nick LaRusso, what he did was just unbelievable, putting up a hundred RBIs, something that hadn't been done in division one in over 20 years. I, I believe it was a tremendous accomplishment for what he was able to do at the plate. It was the winter season. I know I mentioned uh, Jameer young, obviously I mentioned for the men's, but I think you have to look at what diamond Miller did for the women's team. I mean, she came into a team with not many familiar faces uh, remaining on the team. And she basically willed willed the Terps uh, to a um, to an elite eight appearance. She was just tremendous all season long, and you know actively got them. Uh, you know, actively actively became the number two pick in the WNBA draft. The sprint, the fall season. I think that's tough. It's just because it's just so long ago. I mean, there's so many options. You want to do your 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 first two picks first, and then I'll I'll come back to me.
1: Yeah, I'll do I'll do my spring and winter ones while you're thinking about that, and I also need to think about my fall yeah. ones because I, I didn't have the foresight to to know we were doing all three seasons. Um, I kind of agree with you for the spring. Um, I kind of gave like co, uh, player of the year honors to Larusso and uh, Matt Shaw, who was named mm-hmm. he was Big Ten player of the year. Um, obviously Larusso's stats were probably a little bit better, but Shaw's impact is like pretty much unparalleled. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of what he meant to this team and what he meant to this program, and it's gonna be pretty cool to see him probably draft in the first round of the MLB draft in uh, probably about two, two to three weeks now. Um, I saw a recent mock draft. I think it was from the athletic that had him going number 14 overall to the Red Sox, which would be pretty cool. He's from Massachusetts. That would be a pretty cool landing spot for him. Um, So yeah, I'm going to go with them kind of as like my co spring players of the year Um, for the winter. I also had diamond Miller down, but I'll go with Jameer young just because I snubbed him for newcomer of the year. Um, I'll give him the nod for uh, winter player of the year. Um, And then for the fall, it's tough. Like you said, it's a long time ago. Um, But I'll just, I'll go with Roman Hemby just because of like what he meant to uh, Maryland's football team. You know, like their their passing attack wasn't as good as maybe what we anticipated it would be coming into the season. But Roman Hemby coming onto the scene as a redshirt freshman, having the year that he did was so incredibly important and almost getting a thousand yards. I mean, there were some games where it felt like you know the offense couldn't get anything going, and then Roman Hemby would break like a 75-yard touchdown. He was just huge for the team. So I'm going to go with Roman Hemby as my fall player of the year.
0: So I was thinking Hemby, but because you do football, I'm going to go a little bit off the beaten path here. Only, this is a team that I've sort of sort of covered a little bit before in my time at the Seattle times. I'm going to go to the path, but I'm going to go to volleyball. Okay, I like, I like volleyball. Go, obviously a team that's sort of seen steady improvements over the past couple of years, but I think the top player on that team – when you look at last year, as a graduate student, her final year at turp Turf was Raynell Jones, just a tremendous. That's
1: a good pick. A, great, pick. Great, a great pick. Great value. great
0: value. I know. So uh, no, just a tremendous career she had. I mean, this is she, she's been an All Big Ten selection for the past few years. She became uh, the the all time leader in blocks. She was the active leader in blocks at um, at the time. Block assists. She she I got second team All Big Ten. She was an All American honorable mention. And on a team that's kind of been trying to get better under Coach Adam Hughes, she's kind of been that steady player, and she had her best year in, in her final year. And I think she kind of gave the program a ton of momentum going to the future. And she was she was she was uh, one one of the best players in the Big Ten. So I'm gonna go with Raynell Jones.
1: That's a great shout. Big Ten tough volleyball conference too. I mean, I mean, one, if so. look
0: at their schedule. Every other week, you're basically playing a top ten team. I mean, it's and it's very hard to compete, and especially when you've these teams that put so much of their funding into volleyball. They're playing in front of 20,000 people. I mean, Maryland, they have a long way to go, but they've made some really, really important strides And in Jones is to thank for a lot of them.
1: Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, yeah, I feel like I should have gone that route. I chose Roman Hemby. I, yeah, whatever. Huh? I'll just have to live with my pick then. Um, I think we should jump now to our second to last uh, category. It's a bit of a downer compared to the other ones. Our last category is going to be team of the year. Before we do that, we have to kind of bring ourselves back down to earth with the we're calling this the disappointment of the year, which sounds a bit harsh, but, um, not everything is all, you know, sunshines and roses in college sports. We all know. So, um, my disappointment of the year is going to be the men's lacrosse team losing in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, I think they were kind of just plagued by their own expectations. You know, they're, they're undefeated national champions the year before. They were still like a top five team in the sport last year. Or I should say, this most recent year. Um, but then to lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament, it just felt so sudden. Like it felt so just like, like a gut punch. Like I can't believe that like this program that we're accustomed to like going to championship weekend like every year. It seems like you know losing the Army, who was a really good team. It just felt like, for a lot of those players like Brett Maycar and you know a lot of those those seniors, it felt like that wasn't like the way that you were expecting it to end. Um, you don't know if that's a national championship team, but. Uh, That was definitely surprising. That's going to be my disappointment of the year. I think that was probably uh, the moment that I was most taken aback from uh, this past academic year. Hmm.
0: So I was going to say, I was going to say the lacrosse programs kind of as a whole with that, with both early exits, but I'm going to go with what, I I think it's pretty easy. I think you have to go Maryland, Maryland men's basketball away from home. It's, it was, it's almost, it doesn't make sense what happened to that team. Um, Like at home, you finished sixteen and one.
1: They were un- they were unbeatable at home. Like unbeatable. I mean, they lost that one yeah, UCLA like 40, game. Like the like and like
0: undefeated in the conference at home. One of the you know you kind of brought back the life to Xfinity Center, and then you go on the road and they just couldn't shoot the basketball. It it, it really it did not make any sense to me. I didn't cover the team, Emmett. You did, so you can kind of provide more insight. But from a fan's perspective, there came a point where you got kind of degenerate. It was like, oh, they're playing home. I want to be there. They're going to win. They're going on the road. Ugh. Why I don't even want to watch the game. I know what's going to happen. Like, how does that happen? Like, I don't understand. But that, for me, is the most disappointing thing. This team, they genuinely could have been a top two seed in the Big Ten tournament if they were just able to scrap up a few, just put up a 500 record away from home.
1: How about this? I think I I might have to be fact-checked on this, but the... I believe it was the regular season finale, correct? The road game at Penn State, or was the senior day game? I I
0: got you. It was the regular season finale at Penn State, which was the buzzer-beater rebound shenanigans thing.
1: Yeah, so I I was there, um, and I was tracking all of the other scenarios, and I believe that if Maryland had won that game, they would have been the number two seed. So let alone a 500 record, I think if they had won that game, they would have been the number two seed in the Big Ten tournament.
0: Yeah, I just want to just, do, just go over this just a little bit, just to kind of put into perspective. If you look at their last six, Maryland's last six games in conference, at home, beat number three Purdue, lose at Nebraska in overtime and you have the lead for majority of the game, went at Minnesota at home, went uh Win against number twenty-one Northwestern at home, go to a really uh, an Ohio State team that was really bad last season, lose to them by double digits away.
1: Although that was that was playing better towards down the stretch, I will say that they should be pretty good. This and season.
0: then they go to Penn State, have the game in your hands. You get th- three bodies up for a rebound, you don't get it. So it's just it doesn't. It's just for me. it's just I think the whole season again. The season overall was a success. You can only imagine if they were able to scrap away some wins away it's just it's weird i mean
1: like yeah i mean you kind of said it all but like i think it was just all kind of embodied in that last game at penn state um how you know you had the game like in your hands i had like a 15 point lead in the second half and then the ball gets knocked free and falls right in the hands of uh, cameron winter who lays it up at the buzzer um that was certainly an interesting post-game media situation uh, just kind of like talking in a hallway with Kevin Willard and a couple of players. And, you know, it was just like, they were just like, I like Kevin Willard was just like, I don't really even know, like at this point, like, you know, just not going our way, but yeah, I think, I think that's a good shout. I, I, once again, I think I might've gone to, to micro with this one, but, um, but yeah, I think that's a good shout. Maryland men's basketball team on the road uh, certainly left a lot to be desired, but also, you know, you got to look at it as a positive in the sense that they only got room to grow <laughs> the there. If they go 500 on- <laughs> They go five hundred on the road this year. You know, they're probably not going undefeated in back to back years in the Big Ten, but they go five hundred on the road this year. You know, who knows what, what they could be. Um, I think we should jump to our last topic though, our last award to give out. I don't know, can we say it's the most prestigious? I guess we can. The team of the year. I wanna I wanna hear your answer to this one. Um I got a couple written down. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I think team of the year, we're going to wrap it up here with with arguably the biggest award.
0: Well, I, I think the problem with this award is I think you kind of have to measure it in terms of what team won a championship, right? Well, what team won a title? That's kind of ultimately how you, how you define success. And the only team that was able to really do that in a was was, was men's soccer, right? You know, they, they won the Big Ten regular season title. They had a short-lived time in the NCAA tournament. But for me, I think you define success by how you do in the postseason. Again, you, you can go to women's basketball and say, you know, lost in the Elite Eight, came up just short in the Big Ten tournament. But for me, I have to go with a team that at least took home a title. So that's why I'm going to go with men's soccer.
1: Well, I can one-up you. I can go with the team that took home two titles. I'll go with the baseball. Oh my team. God. Big Ten regular season this and is tournament what it, champions. In fact,
0: this is what happens when when you spend the past two months of your life only looking at baseball and editing baseball stories and putting out social media kind of slips your mind of that sport so yeah okay the the correct answer for this is baseball but i'm still gonna stick with my answer just just, just a parody
1: yeah i mean we talked about the maryland baseball team um but yeah big 10 regular season and tournament champions like you said that's kind of how you get defined i think if you're calling team of the year you know a team that took home hardware
0: i lost um, that round
1: they took home they got two trophies i don't know i guess they have an identical trophy i don't really know if the big 10 tournament trophy is different than the big 10 regular season trophy but uh but yeah, it was a good way for for Rob Vaughn to go out. Um I know that I, I actually had him as a runner up for my disappointment just the way that they went out of the NSA tournament, but I think if you just look at a big picture, the whole team, the whole year, um they're a good shout for team of the year. Um I think another team I have to shout out if we're talking about postseason success is field hockey. To my knowledge, I maybe something maybe something slipped my mind, but I think they're the only team that went to the final four this mm-hmm. year um out of any Maryland team. So I think they're worth a shout out to. Um, they're just kind of like a wagon. They're like every year, you know, a top five team. Um, so, yeah, field hockey, as usual, is a finalist for for team of the year. But I think I would probably have to go with baseball just because they took home um, some trophies.
0: I know You talk about field hockey and you look at their coach there, Missy Manhurst. Do you kind of want to discuss coach of the year as kind of kind of lead into that?
1: coach of the year i totally missed coach of the year um, think, on my on my sheet you but, skipped it, that's why uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good it was a good call i totally missed that one but yeah we can we can go to coach of the year then well i guess this this is now our last our last segment uh coach of the year um go you go first okay so yeah i mean i think missy mayharg has to be in that conversation i mean it's just like i mean her her numbers at maryland are just like I don't have them in front of me, but like, they are just unbelievable. It looks like you have them pulled up. So I'll just let you read them out and kind of speak for well, themselves.
0: No, but I was going to say, basically, she, I mean, she's been in the conversation for coach of the year for like 40 years now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like she, it's like every year she's like the most successful coach in Maryland. It's unbelievable.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's usually it's always, you know, it's always her and Kathy Reese and John Tillman who are always in that champion conversation. But so is that who you're, is, is Missy who you're saying for coach of the year?
1: um I think if I'm going strictly off results I would probably say yes I think I think Rob Vaughn has to be in the conversation too just because of what we just talked about um yeah so put down Kevin Willard just like what he did um for Maryland basketball just to have that kind of success in his first year and we talked about bringing the energy back that'll be kind of a constant theme that we're talking about as we lead up back into basketball season but like the energy that he brought to Maryland basketball I don't think absent of like a you know, maybe winning some more road games and, you know, winning a championship or something like that. Like, I think it went about as good as it possibly could have for Kevin Willard. So those three would be like my top three. Um, I'll put John Tillman in there just to like, just because people hate, not, not, not because I actually think he's a coach of the year, but just because I love the villain that he's become in college across. And I love the discourse around John Tillman. So he's not my coach of the year, but he's one of my, my more interesting coaches of the year. But those yeah. three that I previously mentioned, those would be my top three with probably Missy Mayhardt uh, being number one
0: yeah I'm biased so I'm, I'm 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 going Brenda freeze. um no, but in all seriousness, uh this is a team that you know that had nine nine new players um of tough start to the season and they kind of need to figure it out on the fly and she was able to create some concoction that somehow uh, got working as the season uh, went on and had one of their best seasons in in recent memory and all the players that we spoken to said, Basically, we don't know how the coaching staff did it, but thanks to Brenda, they were able to do it. So, I think Brenda Frazier and leading the Terps to the, the Elite Eight is my is my person.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think objectively, Brenda Frazier did a better job than Kevin Willard. No, no disrespect to Kevin Willard, but like the job that Brenda Fries did, considering what she had and what she led the yes. team to, I think was like pro- I mean, you could argue unmatched in women's college basketball. I would. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think she she should have been probably in that conversation, if not the national coach of the year. I mean, I know Kim Mul- Mulkey won a national championship and, you know, Lisa Bluter, Even though know, I know they had that rivalry, oh, but you know, ooh. she got Iowa to the national championship game. Yes, for, um, for,
0: for, for some reference, Brenda Freeze was, in the opinion of many around Maryland snubbed from a national coach of the year nomination. She wasn't nominated.
1: Yeah. That's pretty surprising that she wasn't even nominated. Obviously Don Staley had a great team too, yes. in South Carolina. Um but yeah, I think uh, I think I think we have some pretty good options. Honestly, if I could go back, I'd probably pick Ben Freeze as my option. Now that I think about it, but um, but yeah, I think we hit some of the like, the main topics uh, and, and the main awards that we had to give out. Um, I'm sure that the people listening were just like yelling through their screen about all the people we snubbed. The dedication. Um, yeah, and 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 we appreciate that that dedication. But well,
0: like, uh, you you kind of brought before you go to the end, you brought us on just talking about the coaches, I'm just thinking about this now. If you look at all the teams, like Maryland's coaches, they've had so many players that people that have been there for so long. Like you look Sasha with with, with men's soccer, Kathy, Women's Lacrosse, Tillman, like the like the, there's a bunch of long tenure, really successful. Like Maryland has a very impressive line of coaches. I'm just thinking about that right now.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like a good indication of athletic department. Like when yeah. that's the case, like you see some of these athletic departments, and it's like it's a great place to go for a paycheck and you can build successful teams, but like anyone who goes there gets fired. Like if you have coaches like retiring at your school, that's generally a good sign. I think Maryland has, you know, I think, I think it's as good a crop of coaches as as you'll find in a lot of places. I mean, top to bottom in terms of athletic department success is near the top. And I think you kind of see that in some of these awards we're giving out. I mean, we're giving out, you know, player of the year, coach of the year, stuff like that to maybe sports that a lot of other schools aren't really in the, in the spotlight. I think that's a great thing about Maryland athletics um that 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 is that is a little bit unique um yeah this episode's been a little bit long so you know we can probably wrap it up now um but yeah i think uh, i think i think we hit on most of the stuff that we that we wanted to um i don't know if you have any closing thoughts but uh but yeah i think i kind of got everything out in terms of yearly awards i think we recapped the season um and what was and it's you know provides a little bit of a bridge as we'll start moving into more preview coverage later in the summer
0: no i got nothing besides i just want to Plug my, my out-of-the-box Raynell Rain, Jones pick. I got nothing else.
1: That was a great pick. I mean, <laughs> I mean in terms of value, you know, the, you know this, this episode was presented by Bet Online. Like, if you got Raynell Jones, you know, <laughs> plus whatever, would have been great value. So, Andrew, you're cashing out uh, for some of our listeners there. Um, but, yeah, thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it, as always. We'll uh, be back next week and every week after that. Um, football season is – approaching it's what two months until we'll really get into like some preview stuff but we'll have all sorts of interesting stuff along the way so yeah thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next week